Welcome to Indigenising Curriculum in Practice with Professor Tracy Bunder and Dr. Caitlin Barney. Hi everyone, I'm Tracy Bunder and welcome to our podcast series, Indigenising Curriculum in Practice. I'm a Noogie Waka Waka woman and the Professor of Indigenous Education at the University of Queensland. I'd like to start the podcast by acknowledging country and the various countries from where our listeners are located and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I acknowledge the ongoing contributions of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples to society at local, national and international levels. I'm joined by my colleague and co-host, Dr Caitlin Barning. Hi everyone. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land where we're recording and also where you're listening from and pay my respects to their ancestors and their descendants who continue to have strong connections to country. I also want to acknowledge that where we are recording has always been a place of teaching and learning. I'm a non-Indigenous woman living and working in Mianjin. In this series, Tracy and I interview Indigenous and non-Indigenous academics about how they're indigenising curriculum within the faculties at the University of Queensland. Together, we are going to ask questions to unravel the why, the how and the when of indigenising curriculum. Our theme for this podcast is based on the principle of benefits and our guests today are Anna Lagos and Caitlin Murphy from the Library at the University of Queensland. Welcome. Thank you. Anna, would you like to start off and introduce yourself in any way you want to and then Caitlin will get you to do the same. My name's Anna. I was born and raised in Brisbane on Turbal and Yagara country. I'm from a big family. I've got lots of aunts and uncles and cousins and we're all, we all live between Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast. So I feel really connected to those places. Um, I'm a mum and I'm a librarian um, and I've worked at UQ Library since 2019. Uh, and I was also very fortunate to study here as an undergraduate student a long time ago. At UQ Library, I um, am the Associate Director of the Office of the University Librarian, and I've been project managing a library project to support indigenising curriculum. I'm Caitlin Murphy. I'm a Jinnabara, Yinnabara woman from Dungadaw clan, which is Kilkoi area. I actually also grew up on Turbul Yagara country and actually spent a lot of time on this campus here at St. Lucia as a child, um, as my dad was studying here. And I joined the library in June last year. Um, I'm part of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Services and Collections team there. And we've been doing a lot of work around how, how we can improve practices in how we catalogue and describe Indigenous knowledges and Indigenous material in our collections. Um, and it's been a busy time. There's no, no shortage of work, but I'm really excited to be working on projects across the library and also on university-wide projects like our Indigenising Curriculum Resources. Thanks, Caitlin and Anna. Can you talk a bit about the resources that you've been developing for Indigenising Curriculum? Our work on Indigenising Curriculum in the library, um, as Caitlin mentioned, builds on a lot of the work that we've been doing over the last couple of years, and that work has been led by our Aboriginal Um, and Torres Strait Islander services and collection team. So that work has been about trying to have um, a better understanding of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander items that we have in our collection and then make them um, available to people. And we're doing that by addressing library descriptive practices in order to respectfully acknowledge the contributions of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Um, And those descriptive practices 
that respectfully acknowledge those contributions and connections, then help those re- make those resources easier to find and therefore more available to people. So we're building on that work. And in our current project, what we've been trying to do is um, make all those resources we have in the library more easy to find for UQ teaching staff. So we've built a web page that brings all of those resources together. These resources are things like um, a library guide that showcases a lot of the diverse voices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples that we have in our collection. Um, We've got guides on Indigenous resources and databases for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander studies, and then things like a referencing guide on how to respectfully acknowledge Indigenous authors. We've got a course reading list that includes notes on authors' cultural heritage as they've described it, Uh, and that reading list was designed as a starting point for teaching staff to highlight the work of Indigenous authors um, and Indigenous perspectives to help them include those in their course reading lists. Our websites also got information that will help people assess resources that they might find independently. Um, and it can also has some resources to help people develop their own cultural competencies, as well as sharing examples of indigenising curriculum in practice. So that's kind of the resources we've got available so far. And then looking into the future, we're looking to add a module to help teaching staff get started with indigenising curriculum, as well as keeping those um, examples and resources refreshed and um, bringing new ones in over time. It's fantastic work and really critical work to be able to help the academics across the university. Because when I started this work, I realised that non-Indigenous academics wouldn't even know who was an Indigenous author, who are the Indigenous writers within our community. And then the fact that you've also got that resource to help people choose what's a good resource, what's not a good resource. Mind you, though, I do see a place for bad resources as well to teach everybody why it's such a bad resource. Guidance around assessing the resources is also then going into thinking about why you might use different resources. And so the role some of those um, historical um, objects might have in your teaching as well. You've also developed the UQ has a black history module. And for listeners, the library is using BLAK, Destiny Deacon's formation of BLAK for black. Can you tell us about that module, if whether or not it's available for people outside of UQ? UQ as a Black History was actually initially developed by my colleagues Leslie Akers and Rayleigh Lancaster as a first year med student orientation in Friar Library. And so it was designed to build the students' connection to campus and also their knowledge of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander history here at UQ. And thanks to Bruce Ibsen, University Archivist, and also Jeff Rickett from the Friar Library, Rayleigh and Leslie were able to pull some really, really special materials from our archives. Those materials highlight the stories of the people and and place here at St Lucia, including some important sites on campus. You can learn about, for example, the grotesques in the Great Court, some of the background there, and also some of the mural history and and sculptures that you can see around the campus. Um, There's also information on past students and staff, and also the activism that has been ongoing here at UQ for many decades. So it's since grown to become an online module that can be embedded into Blackboard, We're working on making that module available to UQ staff and students next year. It's currently undergoing a bit of a refresh so that we can add some 
new uh, interviews with past students and staff and also we're broadening the scope so it's not faculty specific it will be accessible to all students and staff yeah and there's some interesting history here at UQ isn't there distinguished professor Marcia Langton started here at UQ didn't finish Mm -hmm. her first degree but did start here Uh, Aboriginal Community Radio started here. That's right, Murray Hour. Murray Hour started here. So Kev Carmody was an undergraduate student here and now of course we've got the Kev Carmody house which is a residential accommodation for students. So there's lots of interesting things. Perhaps it's a model for other universities to take up. You mentioned that you're working with some non-Indigenous academics around Indigenising curriculum. Can you talk a bit about any examples of the ways that you're working with staff? I mentioned earlier that the library's work at the moment around Indigenising curriculum is built on a lot of the work that had already been done by our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander services and collection team. But with the work we're doing at the moment, one of our goals was to make this work not a project, but just the way we work now in the library. And in doing that, it's about making it everybody's work and everyone's responsibility in the library. For this particular project, we've been working with lots of different library staff, most of those are non-Indigenous, so that we can build everybody's knowledge and comfort and skills around supporting this work and participating in this work. Um, And one of the ways that we've been able to do that is created a resource for library staff that we've called 23 Things to Know About Indigenising Curriculum. 23 Things is a very library thing that exists, so we've adopted that. In those 23 things to know about indigenising curriculum, we've been sharing content with library staff each week. That content sometimes addresses gaps in our technical or um, knowledge gaps, but also it's about addressing um, our discomfort as non-Indigenous people in working in this space, being vulnerable and kind of accepting that position, but then being able to continue with that work. A lot of the work we've been doing in the project is is about building the confidence, I guess, for all library staff to kind of participate in that. I think I would just like to add the, how refreshing it's been as an Aboriginal uh, staff member to ha- to work in a space where that cultural load's recognised and that not all Indigenous inquiries necessarily have to be answered by our team. Um, it's just been really supporting knowing that this is a whole of library Um, This is whole of library work. It involves everyone. It's an important change, isn't it? Business as usual, indigenising my work. For myself as a non-Indigenous person, you know, I did feel a little bit nervous about getting things wrong or offending some people, but it's been, it's actually been really fun to get involved and it's been a really supportive project and knowing that everybody um, is on that journey and kind of has recognised that it's work we all do, need to do, uh, has been really really fulfilling actually. What I want to turn to now is some of the principles that we've established to frame indigenising curriculum and one of them is around benefits. Can you talk about the benefits of these resources for indigenising curriculum and what you think the role is and the benefits of libraries more broadly in indigenising curriculum? Again, as a non-Indigenous person, we all benefit from richer and more diverse perspectives and ways of thinking, both in terms of how we understand the world and our relationships in the world. One of the benefits in the Indigenising Curriculum program is in how the library can partner with and support our academic teaching colleagues and the work that we can do to make these resources easier for teaching staff to connect with 
and that will help them with the work that they're doing in indigenising curriculum. Another benefit I see in this work is the benefit of connectedness. So just in doing this work um, in the library, we've been able to make connections through the communities of practice, um, in sharing with colleagues across Australia in the library world, but also in sharing with UQ colleagues about the work that we're doing and how we can all learn from each other. So that connection has been a really nice benefit from the indigenising curriculum work we've done. I think there's been some wonderful benefits um, that have come from the work we've been doing in terms of making collections more accessible to communities also by adding that richer metadata. Sorry, sounding library speak now. But the way we're describing collections, the fact that we're able to add the people, languages and place headings uh, really supports Indigenous ways of searching the collection. So that's another benefit that comes from this work. That's really critical. I mean, blackfellas aren't necessarily going to go into a library and understand what, you know, the classification system is there, but they are going to be able to understand our classification system. So Where's all the Gamilaroi information? Who are the Wiradjuri authors? Who are the Gurumpul authors? The podcast is called Indigenising Curriculum in Practice. What does that really mean to you guys in the library in relation to teaching and learning and Indigenising curriculum? Is there anything else you wanted to add? I think that practice to me implies learning, something we're always doing. And especially in the library, you learn something new every day. (laughs) However, when it comes to something as big as indigenising curriculum, I think it's quite easy to also feel overwhelmed or uncertain as to where to begin. So indigenising curriculum in practice to me means moving beyond that fear of making a mistake and instead focus that energy into making a start. And I think this really links well to the other design principle of respect and approaching it with respect Um, and that openness to learn. For me as well, um, and really in a library sense, the indigenising curriculum in practice also means making sure that libraries are a safe and respectful place. Um, And this means our library collections and our descriptive practices, but it also means our digital spaces and our physical buildings. So indigenising in curriculum in practice, for me, means that we're making sure all of these spaces are safe and comfortable and that they're spaces that make way for those respectful relationships and learning to continue. For me, it's very obvious that the library is making the change. So our guests today have been Anna Lagos and Caitlin Murphy from the University of Queensland Library. Thank you, women, for being here with us today talking about Indigenising curriculum in practice.